Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Her late majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, was one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. The thoughts and prayers of the American people are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. King Charles to address the United Kingdom. He would be known as King Charles III. Busing illegal immigrants. Washington, D.C. Declaring a public emergency. Repeal the special master. This is just the beginning. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Friday. King Charles III traveled from Balmoral Castle earlier today in Scotland to Buckingham Palace, marking his first arrival as king to the administrative center of the monarchy. He greeted cheering crowds gathered outside as the uh, crowd saved, uh, sang, I should say, God Save the King. Crowds gathered at Buckingham Palace Friday, as they did on Thursday, to can't, uh, catch a glimpse of the new king. Julie Masters, 57, from Sussex in southern England, says she was the first person to shake the hand of the new king. I sort of doubt that she was the first person, but anyway, if she thinks she was, that's fine. Uh, it hasn't really sunk in, she said. Margaret Walker from Wokingham 40 miles west of London, 95 years old. She'd just be a year younger than the Queen. She said, Charles and Kamala shook my hand, and I shan't wash it. (laughs) Uh, Not everyone is wishing the royal family well wishes. Carnegie Mellon University, one professor who uh, teaches CRT, among other things, She called for the death of the queen to be excruciatingly painful, saying uh, that uh, she really didn't care about the queen. The university itself said the tweet was offensive and objectionable. Well, thank you for going out on that limb. Queen Elizabeth II, who ascended to the British throne at age 25, counted Winston Churchill and former President Reagan as close friends and became the longest reigning monarch in the, um, monarch, monarch in the nation's history. Uh, this professor, Yuju Anna, Anya, I guess is how you pronounce it, she teaches linguistics and critical race studies at Carnegie Mellon University, according to the school's website. She sent out a remark via Twitter at the time the beloved queen's death had not yet been announced. Quote, I heard the chief monarch of a thriving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying, she tweeted. May her pain be excruciating. The university said, we do not condone the offensive and objectionable messages posted by the professor today. They're on her personal social media account. The university said in a statement, free expression is core to the mission of higher education. However, the views she shared absolutely do not represent the values of the institution nor the standards of discourse we seek to foster. Uh, Can I just say that if some conservative professor had something this vile to say about a a liberal, uh, this person would be gone, they'd be fired. After the news broke of the Queen's death, the professor, who comes from Nigeria, doubled down, doesn't, doesn't remove the comment, doesn't say, well, maybe I overspoke, uh, you know, some half, 
uh, hearted attempt at an apology. No, th- this person doubled down. If anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that, mass- um, that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of those alive today who are still trying to overcome, you can keep wishing upon a star, she wrote. What this propagandist is talking about is, uh, could you please explain? Could you please give us the specifics about this so-called genocide that Queen Elizabeth supervised? I, I don't find it in the history books. As of 2021, Queen Elizabeth II was named the third most admired woman in a global survey. The only royal to make the list, but third on the list. Now, frankly, this story is not as much about this uh, uncompassionate, uncaring jerk of a professor who teaches critical race uh, theories. And uh, by the way, uh, this person ought to be exhibit A for why these major universities need to immediately drop critical race studies. Why do we have that in any of our major universities? And parents, why would you pay the $80,540 a year cost to send your child to Carnegie Mellon? But Carnegie Mellon University only condemns what this CRT professor said, yet they go on to say free expression is the core to the mission of higher education. Again, interesting how they tolerate such hate speech from a progressive. And yet their ilk will prevent a conservative from speaking on campus. They, 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 and they do it in the name of, well, this is for student safety. We don't want any students to get hurt. Carnegie Mellon should immediately fire this individual. And by the way, uh, no mention in this article out of the Daily Wire about Twitter canceling the account for this professor. Strange all that. That always happens. It always seems to happen that way, doesn't it? If you're a progressive slamming something, saying some hate speech, well, well, you know, that's that's very insightful. And, uh, you know, we ought to have journalistic freedom. A conservative says something, speaks the truth, they're immediately banned. By the way, uh, again, we've had we've had some numbskulls come out. Uh, yesterday, we had the story about this uh, individual who worked for CBS News said something just as vile. And these people, uh, again, they will not be reprimanded. I mean, this is as deep as the reprimand is going to get from Carnegie Mellon University. That well, we do not condone this. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure she's shaking in her boots. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting. You heard at the opening that uh, Clark put together of today's program, the comments by Joe Biden, uh, appropriate comments for the people of Great Britain and the royal family. But, but, uh, it's, it's something that Joe Biden has to say. Does he believe it? I mean, listen, if you, if you embrace the wokeism that comes from Joe Biden, you cannot possibly think his words quote his words of comfort to the people of Great Britain and the royal family are genuine. This is why I say this. A lot of people don't know a lot about Queen Elizabeth II. And I'm not saying I do. But there have been certain things that she has said, and there have been certain people that did know her fairly well that have spoken about her Christian faith. 
Billy Graham being the chief of those. Breitbart ran a piece today, which I grabbed just a portion of the audio clip. This is, this is Queen Elizabeth II. Now, think about this. This was her Christmas speech, a, a portion of her Christmas speech from 1957. Now, if you know anything about Christianity in Great Britain, it's in a free fall. Uh, the Church of England itself, I, I'm not saying Christianity is gone from England, but the, the Church of England itself, I mean, right now they're embracing Black Lives Matter, anti-whiteness, um, transgender ideology, uh, morality and public life has basically been reduced to a punchline. All the way back in 1957, Queen Elizabeth II really was rather prophetic. I mean, it's almost like she could look ahead to, to 2022 as she was giving this speech. I mean, obviously, these things were happening back then, but it, it really, really, really seems uh, quite prophetic as you consider where we are today. She was just a young woman, 31 years old, just a few years into uh, her reign in British history, and this was the Queen's first televised Christus, Christmas message from 1957. I'm not surprised that many people feel lost and unable to decide what to hold on to and what to discard, how to take advantage of the new life without losing the best of the old. But it's not the new inventions which are the difficulty. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery. They would have religion thrown aside, morality in personal and public life made meaningless, honesty counted as foolishness, and self-interest set up in place of self-restraint. At this critical moment in our history, we will certainly lose the trust and respect of the world if we just abandon those fundamental principles which guided the men and women who built the greatness of this country and Commonwealth. Today, we need a special kind of courage, not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynics, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future. I believe that together we can set an example to the world which will encourage upright people everywhere. I would like to read you a few lines from Pilgrim's Progress, because I'm sure we can say, with Mr. Valiant for truth, these words, though with great difficulty I am got hither, Yet now I do not repent me of all the trouble I have been at to arrive where I am. My sword I give to him that shall succeed me in my pilgrimage, and my courage and skill to him that can get it. My marks and scars I carry with me to be a witness for me that I have fought his battles who now will be my rewarder. I hope that 1958 may bring you God's blessing and all the things you long for. And so I wish you all, young and old, wherever you may be, all the fun and enjoyment and the peace of a very happy Christmas. I mean, you stop and consider that if, if a world leader got up and said that today, if they were to get up and quote from John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, 
which is, uh, you know, if you know anything about Pilgrim's Progress, it is a blatant Christian allegory, which which points to the Christian life, and and points to the need of following the truth. I mean, and anybody in that day would have known that that is a Christian book. If someone were to get up and say what she said then in 1957, do you think progressives like Joe Biden would be praising this woman? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, I mean, just interesting insight into the woman of Queen Elizabeth and uh, the life she lived. Speaking of morality, MSNBC theologian John, uh, John, Joe Scarborough today said that he might be a backsliding Baptist. But yet, theologian Joe says he knows enough to say Jesus Christ never talked about abortion and American Christians are committing heresy by using Christianity to oppose abortion. No, I'm not kidding. Here's Joe from this morning. Cut two. As a Southern Baptist that grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion, never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. Go, if you don't believe me, if that makes you angry, why don't you do something you haven't done in a long time? Open the Bible, open the New Testament, read the red letters, you won't see it there. And yet there are people who are using Jesus as a shield to make 10-year-old rape girls go through a living and breathing hell here on earth. They've also conveniently overlooked the parts of the New Testament, where Jesus talks about taking care of the needy. (laughs) Joe, oh, Joe, what will we Christians do? You've now totally stumped us. Your deep theological insights, how, how could we ever compete with your deep storehouse of biblical knowledge? <laughs> what a buffoon. Uh, first of all, Joe, um, you know, it, as, as Christians, they take the Bible as a whole. It's called exegesis, that you, you take the whole of Scripture, and from that we, we get our doctrine 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is breathed out in God, uh, by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Joe, um, Jesus never talked about removing little boy's genitalia either. If a little boy thinks he's a girl, progressives like you, hey, ah, just, you know, if he wants to remove his uh, genitalia, that's that's fine. Jesus never talked about that. So I suppose that according to your theology, it would be heresy if we were to condemn uh, mutilation of children because of the transgender stuff. I, I, I guess that would be heresy as well. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, though, and I'm going to say that I think Jesus would be against such mutilation I, I you know I, I it's I'm, I'm not I don't have the biblical insight that you do Joe but I'm just going to go out and say that and, and by the way Joe uh heresy if if uh, you're you're saying that Christians are committing heresy 
because they're using the Bible to uh, justify uh, condemning abortion as murder. Um, Joe, again, I know you've got a vast wealth of knowledge. Heresy is when we promote a doctrine that is a damnable doctrine. And I I don't think uh, talking about uh, the Bible condemning heresy would uh, be considered uh, a damnable uh, doctrine. Just, Just saying. Stay with us. Lots more to talk about. News and Views for a Friday continues right after this. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Far left, tax-raising, radical. Extremist Republican leaders. Democrats. The woke agenda. MAGA. Radical left. What fucking establishment? We are divided. Right after 9-11. But we still remember September. 9-11 brought us together. And recognize the flags everywhere. How unified we were. There was a lot of love. We are and always will be one America. One. One. Talk 96.3. To be the greatest country that we are. And 103.7. So it was the morning of Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. 19 terrorists directed by... Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden hijacked four commercial airliners mid-flight while traveling from northeastern U.S. to California. The attackers were organized into three groups of five members and one group of four, with each group including one designated flight-trained hijacker who took control of the aircraft. Their goal was to crash the planes into prominent American buildings, inflicting mass casualties and major structural damage. The hijackers successfully crashed the first two planes into the north and south towers of the World Trade Center, New York City. The third plane into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia. The fourth plane was intended to hit a federal building in D.C., but instead crashed in a field outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania, following a passenger revolt that foiled the attack. Uh, In remembrance of 9-11... There will be a lot across the country, a lot across eastern North Carolina. One in particular, uh, September 11th, this Sunday at 2.30 p.m. at the Pitt County Courthouse on the stairs of the 3rd Street side of the building. In honor of the victims and first responders of 9-11, you are encouraged to come out, bring a flag, uh, anything else that you think would be appropriate. They're going to have a ceremony. Uh, We must never forget even the smallest act of service, the simplest act of kindness, is a way to honor those we lost, a way to reclaim the spirit of unity that followed 9-11. Indeed, uh, that was a time that if there was a silver lining, it was uh, that we were all Americans. didn't matter whether you were white, black, red, yellow, independent, libertarian, Republican, Democrat. We all came together for a moment. It's uh, sad that it takes something that uh, tragic to uh, bring us together as Americans. Quick look at your weather forecast for the weekend. Partly cloudy this evening, low overnight of 68. Tomorrow, cloudy early. Showers possible in the afternoon, a high of 82, pleasant temperatures. Saturday night, overcast, low of 72. Rain on Sunday, a 90% chance of rain in the morning. And uh, again in the afternoon, that's likely. Potentially heavy rainfall Sunday, a high of 83 degrees. Migrants bust to the sanctuary city of Chicago are being shipped off to the suburbs. This from the hand of uh, Lori Lightfoot, a.k.a. Beetlejuice. This is the epitome of hypocrisy. (laughs) I mean, this is humorous. So Greg Abbott, amongst others, 
are taking people that come across the border and uh, he's putting them in buses and sending them to sanctuary cities. Now, Lori Lightfoot, when she had no skin in the game, was all about being a sanctuary city, condemning any cities that would not be as welcoming as Chicago as a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. So she is now receiving illegal immigrants via buses. And what is she doing? She is, first of all, complaining. This is all Greg Abbott's fault. No, no blame on Joe Biden. It's all Greg Abbott's fault. Well, what she is doing now is she is, uh, and by the way, Chicago is a sanctuary city. So is the county surrounding Chicago. That also, Cook County is also a sanctuary county. DuPage County, I'm not sure if it's a sanctuary county or not. I do know that the mayor, one of the mayors in that county, uh, has been told that um, that that county is very much a uh, a, a pro. Uh, Mary Gary Grasso has said that he is working to secure borders and that he wants to defund sanctuary cities. This according to WGN-TV. So what is Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice, doing? She is taking those same immigrants that she's complaining about. I'd use a stronger word, but this is a PG program. She's busing them, and she's not not only sending them out of the city into the county, she is sending them to the next county over, DePage County, and saying... Okay, this is your problem now. <laughs> so she's continuing to complain about Greg Abbott and how terrible he is. And uh, yet she's doing the same thing. Now, she has j- just got a fraction of the problems that Greg Abbott has. I mean, she's got a few hundred. Greg Abbott has got a, probably at this point, it's close to a million he's got to deal with. Say so you're a sanctuary city. You ought to welcome them. I mean, this, this is so typical of liberals. They sit there and condemn others until they're faced with the same issues. And suddenly, well, hey, he bust them here, I'll bust them out. Down in uh, D.C., Bran Nadal, she's complaining. She's a uh, council member in D.C. She's complaining along with Muriel Bowser, the mayor, Uh, concerning the governments of Texas and Arizona buzzing migrants to the nation's capital. She said Greg Abbott and Doug Ducey of Arizona are sending willing migrants who illegally crossed into the United States, were then processed and released by Border uh, border Patrol. They've created the crisis they've been dealing with since uh, the uh, buses first started arriving in the city. Again, she's she's saying that Greg Abbott and Doug Ducey have created the crisis. Uh, no, <laughs> you might want to look down the street to uh, Joe Biden's house. Uh, it's been said, but it's worth reiterating: the governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis. She said. Um, and again, uh, these same people, just like Beater, Beetlejuice, uh, Bowser, and this councilwoman. Uh, when they, they when they had no skin in the game, they were all about making Washington D.C. a sanctuary city, safe haven. I, you know, we're all about welcoming illegals into our safe haven, our sanctuary city, until they have to deal with it. 
uh, Ron DeSantis, by the way, he's decided he's going to start busing people, not to D.C., not to Chicago, but to uh, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. Hey, Joe, you want them coming across the border? <laughs> They're coming across the border, and uh, we're going to send them up to you. They, he ought, they ought to send them right to Joe's neighborhood. Bring them right in and put them at his doorstep. Uh, by the way, it is, it is interesting that DeSantis says that he will, he will bust the illegals out of his state up to Delaware, but this will not apply to people illegally crossing the southern border who want to come to Florida because they are fleeing communism. Uh, DeSantis said of them, they are legitimate refugees and they are welcome to stay in Florida. Neil Gorsuch said today that he hopes the investigation into the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization draft opinion will be completed soon. Gorsuch speaking at the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado for the 10th Circuit Bench and Bar Conference said the investigatory committee's findings would be forthcoming. Quote, the chief justice appointed an internal committee to oversee the investigation, Gorsuch said, according to the Wall Street Journal. The committee has been busy and we're looking forward to their report. I hope so soon. The majority draft opinion reflecting that the high court would, in fact, overturn Roe v. Wade was leaked in May, uh, first reported by Politico. John Roberts has ordered the court mar- the court's marshals to conduct an internal uh, investigation. Approximately seven, 70 individuals in the court uh, could have had access to the draft opinion. Uh, the Supreme Court at the time acknowledged that a copy of the draft um, in a pending case was made public, but uh, stressed it did not represent a decision by the final decision by the court. Uh, following the leak, conservative justices on the bench began receiving threats and experienced protests outside their homes. And uh, yes, the same DOJ that redacted numerous names in the documents related to the raid on Mar-a-Lago uh, to protect their witnesses from any potential violence, except, of course, the one uh, Trump ally, Cash Patel, his, his name was revealed. And by the way, uh, yeah, he's had uh, violent threats uh, put upon him. So the DOJ protects their people, yet Merrick Garland, head of the DOJ, does nothing to protect these justices. And, and, and neither does the uh, Democrats in the House. When legislation was proposed to uh, fund more protection for the justices, Democrats uh, came right out and said no, no. Uh, now, now, it was really interesting the uh, uh, majority uh, majority whip, I guess he is, uh, the guy from uh, Maryland. He came out and said that he would uh, he would uh, he would get behind the legislation to offer protection for the justices, but we also had to make sure we protected all the clerks. And that was a roundabout way of saying if we catch the clerk that leaked the information and they happen to be a progressive, we want to make sure they're protected. I don't think so. Just saying. Uh, let's take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Friday's edition of News and Views continues right after this. Question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic. 
No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for a Friday. Last April, President Trump requested the Clinton-appointed judge overseeing his Russiagate case against Hillary Clinton and others be removed from the case due to obvious conflicts of interest. This judge was appointed by President Clinton, and he was overseeing the case that Trump was bringing against Hillary Clinton. So who decides whether or not this judge ought to recuse himself? Well, the judge is Donald Middlebrooks. And uh, the judge, Middlebrooks, appointed again by Bill Clinton to the Southern District of Florida in May of 1997, um, he decided that he would decide whether or not he ought to be recused. And he decided, no, I don't think I will recuse myself. Now, um, there was another judge who did recuse himself from this case, but not, not Middlebrooks. He announced that he will deny President Trump's motion to remove himself from the case. I think that's called a conflict of interest. <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing what these progressives get away with. Oh, you can't make it up. A group of House Republicans sent a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin pressing him over Joe Biden's use of Marines during his recent political speech in Philadelphia. I know. I know that the uh, press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said, oh, that's not a political speech. Nothing political about that. Uh, yeah, it was a political speech. In the letter first obtained by the Daily Caller, House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik, ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, uh, Michael Rogers and California Representative Ken Calvert demanded answers to a number of questions regarding the use of Marines during what was clearly a political speech. The Biden administration has continued to face bipartisan heat over the speech in front of the Independence Hall, which, by the way, was also in front of a national park. Now, remember when... Uh, when Donald Trump accepted the nomination, he was the sitting president and accepted the nomination uh, for him to run for re-election back in the summer of 2020. Remember how the Democrats went crazy over that? How dare he use the White House as a setting uh, in which he accepted the nomination? And uh, yet nothing is said by the Democrats for Joe Biden using Independence Hall as a place for to deliver a political speech. But, uh, but this particular issue is about using Marines standing guard. Unbelievable. Joe Biden should be ashamed for using our troops as props in his author, author, authoritarian and partisan speech. While he was denigrating and demoralizing tens of millions of Americans, he used these Marines in an attempt to bring gravitas to his political event, despite jeopardizing their compliance with the Department of Defense's regulation about further politicization of the military, Stefanik wrote in the Daily Caller. Daily Wire is also reporting progressives and the mainstream media 
while they continue to play the narrative that the police are the ones perpetrating violence, the sad reality is quite the opposite, that they are the victims. Happened again last night. Two Georgia deputies were ambushed and killed Thursday night while serving a warrant, according to local authorities. The deputies were serving a warrant over failure to appear in court over theft by deception in Cobb County, right outside of Atlanta. The two killers have been taken into custody. Their names have not been released. Quote, what I can tell you in this moment in plain terms is simple. My two deputies were ambushed this evening and killed. Sheriff Craig Owens said the two suspects were believed to be the perpetrators of this crime are currently in custody and are being held at the Cobb County Police Department for questioning. The deceased the deceased deputies also were not named, had uh, both been with the uh, department for over five years. Owen said he wanted to make sure family was notified first. According to police, both deputies had arrived to serve the warrants, were speaking with one of the suspected killers when they were opened uh, fire upon them from the home and from a vehicle outside. After being shot, the deputies were taken to Wellstar uh, Hospital and Grady Memorial Hospital. One officer died on the way. The other officer died shortly after arriving at the hospital. At a press conference, the sheriff said it's a hard night of heartache for two families from the Cobb Sheriff's Office. Two wives have lost their amazing husbands. The two deputies serve Cobb County with dignity and honor. He asked for prayer for the families. Again, um, well, I tell you, the the narrative of about uh, police brutality and again i i, I know I, I i'm obligated to say okay there there's in in every segment of life and society there are bad apples and there's no exception in police department but they are the exception they're not the rule to hear progressives talk they think it's the rule but what has become more and more the rule if you are living uh with a member of your family serving in law enforcement, uh, it is a scary situation because unfortunately we see stories like this come across weekly. And that is no exaggeration, weekly. We're reporting on police officers, law enforcement officers who are giving down their lives. And the saddest part is in, instead of honoring these men, progressives, progressives vilify them. It makes you sick. Thank you for, I pray for those families. Families that their uh, husbands and fathers will not come home. Hey, we've got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. As we have talked about before, uh, Carney Hedgepath the uh, pastor of Arthur Christian Church in Bell Arthur and director of emergency services in Beaufort County suffered a life-threatening injury in a serious motorcycle accident back in June, June 20th. Carney is now at the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia, undergoing extensive rehabilitation. Uh, D.C. Linton is a member of the Bunyan Fire Department, and uh, he's on the phone with us right now. Um, D.C., welcome to News and Views. Good to have you with us. Uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, in fact, you're going to have a fundraiser for uh, Carney and his family. Tell us about it. Yes, sir. Tomorrow, we're um, selling barbecue by the pound at Bunyan Volunteer Fire Department. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
Uh, you can pre-order just by going to bunionbbq.com. Um, pre-order. We're selling by the pound. It's $10 a pound. That's a pretty good price and a great cause. Uh, so they can now, do they have to pre-order or are they going to just drive up and buy it there while oh, no, supply sir, lasts? Have to pre-order. Yes, sir. Okay. While supplies last, they can drive up and, um, we've got everything set up, whether it's pre-order or you want to come in and pay. Okay. No for, for people living outside of your area, tell us how to get to, uh, the uh, Bunyan fire department. Yes, sir. Uh, you go to 264. As soon as you pass Beaufort community college, like you're going toward Bath at the next crossroads, we're right on the right. It's it. 8264 Broad Creek Road, Washington, North Carolina. Can you give us just a brief update on how Carney's doing? He's doing a lot better. Every day he's making good strides. Yes, sir. And uh, is his family down there with him, or is uh, he down there by himself? Yes, sir. His family's down there with him right now. Okay. So they obviously that is not an inexpensive uh, situation to be in, so they need no, a little help. No, sir. Get. Well, we do appreciate the fire department doing that, and uh, thank you for uh, giving us a little insight this afternoon. Do appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. So uh, get down there and get you some barbecue at the Bunyan Volunteer uh, Fire Department. Good cause and uh, good guy. So uh, we Pray for the best for his recovery and uh, get down there and enjoy some barbecue. Uh, have, have you heard been following at all the, uh, well, first of all, uh, the White House and the COVID-19 response team is uh, talking about the fact that uh, and encouraging the fact now you can go out and get your additional booster. Um, of course, Anthony Fauci is continuing to uh, push that as he makes uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars off of his royalties. But um, interesting story that a number of publications have picked up and run with. I haven't seen it on any of the cable news stations, not that I watch all of them. But I think it was the Epic Times that broke the story, and I know the Daily Caller did a follow-up on this. But embalmers around the country are reportedly finding staggering increases in the number of corpses presenting long clots. In in some case, four and five and six feet long clots. One Alabama funeral director, Richard Hirschman, told the Epic Times that prior to 2020, he found these clots in around 5% to 10% of the bodies he embalmed. The number has since increased to between 50 and 70%. According to the results from a lab in Texas, clots lack a number of key health markers for human blood, including iron, zinc, magnesium. This suggests that the clots were not formed in the blood, but further research is needed to identify the root cause and origin of these clots in bodies, according to the Epic Times. Now, the, 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 the inference here is if you go in uh, to the Epic Times and read this uh, story in detail— is that uh, this perhaps is being caused by some of these vaccines and boosters. In fact, the Daily Caller reports that Germany Health Department reported an additional 21 people who had recently received the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine suffering from major blood clots. Some of the people who had blood clots connected with the vaccine have died, said Paul Urich. Um, have died, the Paul Ehrich Institute reported, I should say, which is Germany's federal medical regulatory body. 
19 of the individuals affected by the blood clots were women, just two were men. Uh, I'm just not a doctor. I'm just saying, do your research. (laughs) But uh, again, when you you come out with a vaccine this quickly that hasn't been tested for years, which is the norm, there are going to be some side effects that are discovered through the people that get the vaccine, mainly because they're the guinea pigs. Just saying. Hey, uh, again, we want to uh, encourage you to uh, tomorrow to go down and get involved uh, with this uh, barbecue for uh, the family of um, the uh, uh, Carney Hedgepath, the pastor of Arthur uh, Christian Church in Bell Arthur and director of emergency services for Beaufort County. And also the reminder of the event at the Pitt County Courthouse remembering 9-11, which happened back in 2001. 21 years ago on Sunday, the event of 9-11 took place. So uh, anyway, two, two events, very positive events to uh, get involved with. Otherwise, have a great weekend and uh, get out and enjoy. Tomorrow should be nice. Uh, Sunday, uh, looks like it's going to be rainy. But uh, get out and enjoy, and uh, we'll do it again on Monday. We'll see you then. Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Far left, tax-raising radicals. Extremist Republican leaders. Democrats. The woke agenda. MAGA. Radical left. What fucking establishment? Stop. We are divided. Right after 9-11. But we still remember September. 9-11 brought us together. And recognize the flags everywhere. How unified we were. There was a lot of love. We are and always will be one America. One. One. Talk 96.3. To be the greatest country that we are. And 103.7.